to be honest, like Wayne Rooney became a really good friend of mine during my injury because he reached out to me. Um, and that's how, and he gets me tickets for the games. Honestly, it was fantastic. Like, because I got this message because he knew I'm a Man United fan and he just said, I've heard you're injured. It was the most surreal experience, like on my WhatsApp. I was thinking, this can't be real. Hey guys, that is today's guest talking about how Wayne Rooney was super supportive during a tough time in her career. I'm Max and this is Flippy Week. I hope everybody's really good. Leanne Sanderson is one of the first women to have played professional football on the highest level in this country. Arsenal, Chelsea and 51 caps with a national England squad. Not bad going, hey? Plus, she has incredible energy. Today we talk drive and passion. I always say there's no such thing as overnight success and I think sometimes people see you thriving and they don't see... The, 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 the things that you've had to go through to get to where you are. Meeting your idols. What is the charge of Sir Alex Ferguson walking down Fifth Avenue? Like, called all my Man United friends. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. Sir Alex Ferguson is outside Puma on Fifth Avenue. I can't believe it. And Queen Beyonce. I cry. Every time I go to Beyonce, I don't... I gave myself this challenge where I'm not taking videos when I'm at the concert because I'm like, why am I taking videos while I'm here? I'm not enjoying... I'm here. Leanne, welcome to Rippy Week. It's so good to have you here. How are you doing? I'm great. Last time I saw you, was running around we were running around um i was embarrassing wearing a flipping chelsea kit when i was like an honorary arsenal fan just because of my dad how are you though how's um i didn't know you were back home yeah i've been back like since the end of november um because what i usually do is i split my time between london and new york Mm -hmm. and then because of covid it was all a bit all over the place because of um you know i was in london for way longer than i usually would be during the summer and stuff like that but it was quite nice to spend time with my mum and dad because i'm usually away for long periods of time but um and then i came back at the end of november because i had to quarantine for two weeks before um i was going on soccer am and stuff so i had my like media stuff planned before i knew about the quarantine so i quarantined for two weeks which actually was all right because i love to i'm jet lagged anyway when i land so gave me an excuse to just kind of stay in bed and watch Netflix. Yeah, and do you know what I have to say, though? I'm glad you're back because I'm sick and tired of your all-year-round tan. Well, I know. Tell me about it. I look like... I'll tell you what. I was gutted the other day. The makeup artists are not allowed to touch you because of COVID, but they can give you pointers. And so, like, the lady was like, oh, going to have to put some bronzer on your neck and blend the neck to the to face. We've not had to do that ever before. And I'm like... It's because I've been in England for two months. I know, I know. But listen, firstly, thank you so much for taking time out. I know we tried last year for me to be on yours and then I wanted you on mine. When you try and do everything, sometimes you're defeated. And I've learned that lesson, definitely more so in lockdown where I was like, I want to do so much. But what happens is I can be really pissed off with myself if everything isn't perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're a perfectionist. A bit like that though. It's not a bad thing. But yeah, you sometimes wear yourself too wear yourself too thin and then you realise, actually, I can't do it all. So I'm glad we're able to do it now. I didn't realise at the time you got signed as a very young, young, young kid in football, there wasn't, there wasn't a female league, which no, sounds no. ridiculous to me because I'm so used to you, Rachel, Yankee, like certain names that we've all known about. But because I wasn't totally involved, I actually didn't realise that coming through that, wanting to do professional football was actually something you couldn't have seen as a child, seeing other people that looked like you doing it. No, and that's what's funny about it because I used to think it was quite normal to to be that way. And then as I've got older, I realized actually, I was kind of very like, I felt like a bit of an alien at times though, because from five years old, I knew I wanted to be a professional footballer. And it wasn't even really, I was the only girl on the team that played on an all boys team. And then I just knew I just wanted to be a professional footballer and it wasn't even a professional league. And then, you know, I turned pro. When we talk about first, I was like the youngest ever person to turn pro in England when I was 14, scored on my debut, you know, but it felt normal to me. And then when I kind of retell my story, when I go to schools in America and, you know, talk about stuff and they're like, the kids' faces are like, 14. Like, but I don't want them to feel like they're failing in life because they didn't know what they wanted to do when they were five and they didn't know what they wanted to do when they were 14 because they look, because some of the kids that I train in my academy, they're like young, they're the same age or older and they think like, well, we're not going to make it because we're, we're past the age. But that's not what I'm trying to, that's not the message I'm trying to say. It's like, if you want to be a doctor, a nurse, whatever you want to do, just always put your mind to it because anything is possible. And I'm just a, a regular girl from South East London that had a dream and Fortunately, I have the most amazing mum and dad that supported that because they used to take me, I used to travel all the way to Watford from South East London, which is quite far, for like seven minutes of football when I was playing for Arsenal. See, my parents, no offence, but they wouldn't, my parents wouldn't have done that for me. 
honestly. And I'm, I'm saying this to you. Yeah, but that's actually pretty rare because most parents will say, oh, stop it. Do, you know, and try and almost remind you to put your feet on the ground and do things that you're expected to do. And for you as a little girl to say, I want to do football, and then both of them be behind you, and no one's saying, but you're not going to make money from this, this isn't a career. And then to go and put that time into nurturing you, believing in you, supporting you. One of my um, teammates, Ray, he managed a under 17. Leanne asked me if I'd ask Ray if she could go and train. For about five weekends on the truck, we'd come home from football. Dad, Dad, did you ask Ray? Dad, Dad, did you ask Ray? Every time, I'd ask him next week, darling. I'm, I'll, I'll ask him next week, darling. Jeff actually changed his, his job at one stage so he could work all night and come home to take her to football. My mum and dad, they were almost calming me down because when I'd lose the game, I was a bit of a nightmare. Fortunately, I played for Arsenal and we used to win all the time when I was younger as well. But at the same time, like it was nice to have a mum and dad that actually have knowledge of football because my dad used to play, but my mum, she watches every single game you can think of. Like She watches more football than me and my dad put together, probably. When I think about me at 14, I don't think I was fully formed to appreciate some of the things I appreciate when I'm 19, 20, 21, whatever. Do you think when you look back, Leanne, and you were that young, do you really think you got to enjoy it or in the moment because when you're wearing an Arsenal shirt everyone dreams about wearing a shirt with a name at the back and you as a kid have got your own well the thing is it was like my dad's an Arsenal fan so I, he, and I'm a Manchester United fan so it's one of those things where like I said it just felt normal like yeah. it didn't feel strange to to do that and it's because I always visualized it I always wrote down my goals and aspirations and my dad always taught me that from a really young age about visualization and I used to think my dad was crazy I'm like what's my dad talking about law of attraction and you know if you put things out there it can become a reality and I used to think nah this ain't gonna work and then actually I started to visualize from from the age of like seven and I thought actually my dad's got a point here because you know when you're a kid you think I just want to play football and you just said oh darling just have a try and stuff like that so honestly Max everything that I've done everything that I do I always had the goal to do it and I always dreamed to do it and I always worked hard for it because nothing's been handed to me on the plate and that's what's interesting because I've almost had to reinvent my career with what happened with me in England and stuff like that and that's that's also been that was quite traumatizing but at the same time everything happens for a reason so it's like being that young and, and playing and having your name on the back of your shirt you don't really think about it because it just felt normal to me what was a bit surreal was when I used to play in FA Cup finals and then I'd have to go to school the next day <laughs> and that was how are kids with you like were you like were you a little gassed were you a bit like you know because I think when you're young you don't know what showing off is you're just excited aren't you how was it no you know what honestly like I went to an all-girls school which was probably the best decision my mum and dad ever made because I used to be like I don't want to go to an all-girls school because they don't they didn't play football at that school particularly I was the reason why they got a girls football team and we actually did really well but it was the best decision my mum and dad ever made because I was obsessed with football, still am. If you anyone asks me around my area, I wear the football under my arm, we'll be playing grazes all over the legs, fall over, get back up. So going to an all-girls school, my friends, I've still got best friends from school when I was 11 now. They're still my best friends. They don't like football, but they like watching me. And they, pay, they say to me, I don't know what you're saying on Sky Sports News, but you look great and you sound great. <laughs> you look really confident, but they're, they're amazing the way they support me. But having that balance of people that I think if I went to a mixed school, because sometimes boys from other schools used to come outside the school and be like, oh, where's the Leanne's place for Arsenal? And stuff like that. When all my mates would be putting their makeup on, I'd just be there with Leanne the footballer. Do you know what I mean? When the boys came around. But I genuinely just didn't realise how much of a big deal it was because I'm just me and I've never really been carried away. Done a lot in my career, but I sometimes see people around my area now and they kind of look at me as if to say, is that really her? And I'll be on the train. Like, what are you doing getting on the train? And I'm thinking what do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> do you know what I think is like really cool? And I know that it's when you don't think about it, you just, it's just your life. A lot of times when we grow up like working class kids or parents that worked really hard to give us a bit more than what they had, we don't necessarily have every opportunity, you know? And then sometimes you have this thought in your head where it's like, oh my God, like my parents ain't rich. I'm not going to get to do this. I'm not, I haven't got money for that. I can't go on this trip. And then you just kind of come up with a whole list of, I guess, in some way, excuses. So when I see you now being a pundit and I see you now at like an academy teaching other young kids and reinventing yourself and also constantly challenging yourself um, to do stuff you love, I love that because I feel like people are going to look at you, Leanne, and they're going to be like, I identify with her, you know, 
She looks a bit like me. She talks a bit like me. And she's up there killing it and representing because we need to see that because we maybe didn't see that as kids growing up. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think it's, I was having this conversation the other day and it's similar to Kamala Harris. I'm not comparing myself to the vice president of the United States of America, but the kids say, you know, it's one of those things. If you see people up there, you can believe it's a reality. And I think, like I said, I, I didn't even realize the amount of barriers that I've broken down during this time because it just feels normal to me to do it to be honest so it just I'm very lucky that I've always been unapologetically myself and I'm not gonna and I've grown up in a family where I can be that whether that's to do with like my sexuality whether yeah. that's to do with race stuff like that like I've always been raised to love everybody and love everyone equally and I think unfortunately not everybody's like that and you live and you learn and I'm not gonna allow people that kind of come at me on social media and stuff like that to stop me from doing what I'm doing because I'm me and, and that's all. And I'm not going to, not everyone's going to love you. They're not. That's absolutely fine. Be, if we lived in a world where everybody thought you were great, that'd be fantastic. But you don't have to, you know, vilify people based upon the color of their skin or sexuality. And that's something that I realized and your gender. I always say like, I sound like I'm on repeat, but I tick all the right boxes in my eyes. These are three things that I think we need to really, sorry to interrupt, that are really important that everyone needs to grasp. Um, and I think when things are equal, we're never going to make these points. That's when we know equality's worked. Firstly, you're a woman. Secondly, you're a woman of colour. Third, you're a gay woman. Those are all different prejudices, racism, all sorts of shit that you have to deal with from society. So for you to still shine bright and not dim your light to make other people feel comfortable around you, because that's what a lot of us do, you know. We don't realise it, but we look back at situations and we think, actually... That was me making them feel comfortable because I'm a little bit different to all of them. You must have moments where you're there, like the rest of us, questioning your decisions, questioning the things you want to do and thinking, can I do this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm human at the end of the day, but at the same time, I live with a lot of integrity and that's not to say other people don't, but I genuinely think it comes back to how I've been brought up and the fact that I'm in a like, when I'm with my mum and dad, every Everything I've done, they've always supported me. They tell me if I'm wrong, but thankfully, you know, nine times out of 10, I do, I am exactly like them and I do things the way they do. And if you have that support from your mum and dad, it really makes a difference, but it's not been easy. I think sometimes, I always say there's no such thing as overnight success. And I think sometimes people see you thriving and they don't see the, 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 the things that you've had to go through to get to where you are. Now I'm able to be in a position where I'm doing things that I love. I'm around people that support me. I don't feel like I'm around people that are jealous of me, resent me. I'm talking about in my immediate environment, like in my circle, whether that be friends that I've lost in, in previous years based upon jealousy, resentment, whatever that might be. You have to sometimes say, actually, these people are not good for me whether that be people that just wanted to hang out with me because we could get into the best nightclub in London 10 years ago, you know what it's like, things move on and you have to live and you learn. And You are now all over the TV, you know, being a bit of a commentator, being a bit of a host, and, and but at the same time, you have to find ways of dealing with that negative stuff. You know, it's funny, I watched the, um, I'm not even ashamed to say this, I watched the One Direction documentary about five years ago yeah. and Harry Styles said, I love, I'm a directioner and I'm a believer. Um, I, I, I saw him on the interview, on the documentary and he said that the problem is when you see that one comment, you think about that one comment and one of the comments was Harry Styles can't sing and he said it really weighed him down for like a couple of weeks and then he thought actually why am I concerned about this person that doesn't even know me and I think I've got to that point now where I don't even check my phone during a show because especially if it's live because I don't want that to impact me. So I think you're right what you're saying. I can get 100 tweets, two of them not be very nice. And then you think about those two nice, um, two not so nice ones because you think, why are people being mean like this? When actually, I do get a lot of nice messages. I do get a lot of like people DM me on Instagram saying you're fantastic. And I don't need people to just say how great I am. I'm open to people saying, we want you to do this. You know, sometimes I speak a little bit fast. Some people say we need you to speak slower. So that's absolutely no problem. But I think it affects my mum a little bit more because she goes on there and she'll look and say, why are these people saying this? And I think I'm just used to it, as crazy as that sounds. And I've spoken to a lot of people in my position and even way higher than me, high profile than me. And they say, you unfortunately, you just got to learn to deal with it because what are the solutions? Like, I'm not going to come off of social media because people are critiquing me. And I find that what it is, it's a lot of these men that, they can't handle a woman doing their dream job. And that's the honest truth. Like genuinely how I feel. And I think to myself, I know my stuff. I study 
like no tomorrow for my shows and it's obvious that I do because I don't always do things I do things out of my comfort zone as well I'm doing commentary tomorrow for Juventus versus Porto that's completely not out of my comfort zone but I'm doing it because I want to challenge myself to do that so I love that I love it you want to feel uncomfortable and challenge yourself that is such a beautiful thing because I can sit here and tell you I have given up there have been a lot of great opportunities that because of the uncomfortable people that come with it, not the job, but the people, I've said, no, I'm good, because I sometimes I feel like that rhino skin that people tell you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're supposed to have in our industry's tough. If I know I'm going to be work- not working with certain people, but I don't just say yes to everything. Like, I'm a big believer in protecting my energy. So, like, when I'm doing stuff, I want to challenge myself. But I also don't want to, and that's why I've not signed for a team again. I haven't actually officially retired, but I need to know that if I was to play football again, it would have to be in a team that I almost had at Arsenal. And I don't even know if that even exists. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what? I think um, it's interesting as well as being women of colour in the entertainment industry, you in sport, me in film and music. I found coming through that when I would be opinionated, like excited, gassed to talk about something and share my point of view on how we can make it even better. Um, when my male colleagues would come with that, I know this is a little bit different because you were playing with mainly female um, teammates, but I'm assuming you would have footballer friends that were boys as well, or guys. I always found the boys were seen as, wow, you're creative, you're full of passion. But me, it was almost like you're a troublemaker, you're um, aggressive. And, and all this stuff, do you know what? It somehow... So at some point, it has manipulated my mind into thinking, oh, maybe I'm a bit too much. Maybe I need to, you know, find a way. Again, the yeah, thing I said to you before, making... Yourself, yeah. Introverted. Have you felt like that ever? Like where, as a, as a black woman, mixed race woman, playing on such a high level, coming through and consistently being in the game for now over a decade, that you've had to, at certain points, I don't know if I'd say compromise, but... You know what's happened? I think that... I've always been that person, like when, I'm, when you're on a team, when you play a team sport, I've always been that person that sticks up for my teammates. So I've always been that person. If my teammates come up to me and tell me they're tired, I'm not the captain. I've only been the captain once, career, which is interesting because I'm, I know I'm a good leader. I know that's a good quality of mine. I know my teammates value me because you can ask, I don't, like I said, some people are not going to like me. That's absolutely fine. But, and I'm that person that people say, oh, Leanne, do you know what? Would you mind having a word with the manager? Because they're like absolutely shattered and I can feel it. Everyone is. Then I'll go and speak to the manager. And they'll act like I'm the one that's causing problems, like a, like almost like, you say, a troublemaker, a rebel, when actually, it's the opposite. You're trying to just be like, oh, do you know what? The girls are actually quite tired today or, or something like that. So I think I've learned to be not as naive. I think that's one thing. I think take care of me a little bit more, which is not something that comes natural to me because I'm a giver and I love to help people. So I've learned to be a little bit more selfish, if that's even possible, for someone like me. Because I really get a lot of joy out of helping people. But I've learned, you know what? If you can't help yourself, you can't help others. And I think 2020 was a hard year for everybody, but I think it taught me a lot. And I had an injury like four years ago. And I think I learned a lot about myself and others during that time because there were people that I thought would be there for me. And I know a lot of people felt that during COVID and lockdown, that some people, they felt disappointed by that and checked in on them. I almost had that like four years ago when I got injured. I kind of like reassessed my life, but I do think that 
I've had moments where people haven't chosen me because they they like me, but they don't trust having someone like me on TV. This was about 10 years ago because I have an opinion. Whereas if you notice in the last few years, people want people with an opinion now, which is how it should have always been. Because you don't want to, every celebrity, every footballer after a game starts to sound the same. It gets boring. And I understand what they're saying because they have a media person, they have a press person telling them what to say. Everyone says, oh, why do everyone sound the same? Now, I have a hard time with that when I go into a change room after the game and there's a board up saying, these are our bullet points for what we're going to say to the press. It's like, professional footballer, I'm not going to act... I'm not going to say anything. We've already, we've already been media trained. Trust us, you know. So I always found that quite hard when I'd go on. T- I, I went on Talksport when I was playing for England, and everything was so controlled that it might as well, I might as well have not been on there. Whereas now I go on Talksport regularly, yeah. and I absolutely love it. But you know what? I remember when I first met you, and I was literally like the most unfit idiot who is at the start of her career as well and you lot were so lovely to me because you guys killed it and I couldn't even keep up with running across a field with you guys but you were so lovely to me and I just I just remember that you were just like looking at me like bless her look at her she's trying isn't she and you were got pink hair then in the back of my head was pink then (laughs) you did and um I just remember like it just the vibe and the energy was very much about let's all do this together let's all like and 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 very rarely with girls in in whichever industry you're in especially if there's a lot of us they put us up against each other and they don't think that we can actually be each other's friends back each other support each other so for me i remember that really well that day that the team spirit that you guys had together some of you that i met was just like so beautiful to see because it's very rare that we see that you know what i think as well at Chelsea at that particular time, we had a good bunch of girls, but also people that were, I think in the women's game, we're more open to media and stuff like that, like where we enjoy it because it's something different, you know? So I think like, you were like like young, like us, like, you know, you had a personality and it was great. It was almost like, you know, when you're in school and someone comes in from the army or something, starts to speak, you're like really into it. Cause you're like, oh yeah, it's someone different. So yeah. that was actually really good, really, really good. The thing I learned about footballers is they're scared to show their personality the guys at least the girls not so much which i love especially like you've shown me that but um also i noticed that after 11 a.m they're bored out of their brains it's like they don't know what to do with themselves they're watching mtv they want listen to music yeah, playing Fortnite, playing call of duty playing yeah. fifa your social skills are so limited because you're so controlled when you're not sorry when you're not doing your training because you're told you have to stay in your hotel. You have to be the same people. So I get it as an athlete, you guys have to be regimented and it's a different level of looking after your body. But what about your mind? No, do you know what though, Max? It absolutely used to like, really, I used to find it quite hard when we'd be at World Cups and stuff. And I think on the outside, everybody, and I've absolutely, I've been to two World Cups and I feel honored that I got picked to go and play for England. Fantastic moment, especially in 2015 when I won the penalty, which made us win the bronze medal. The Farrah Williams put it away, but I remember when Mark Sampson came in at the beginning, and it was fantastic because he just allowed us to wear our own clothes. Sounds silly, but we didn't have to walk around with a button-up polo shirt and a tracksuit 24 hours a day. Those small things, when you're away for two months, make a massive difference. Like allowing us to see our families. In 2007, in China, uh, my mum and dad came over to China and literally did not see them. Did not see them. And you talk about the mind. Like you need that time away. And I'm very much like. My teammates know that when I have a day off, I love my teammates, but I don't want to be around them. I want to go away. I want to go and do something, whether it be on my own, because I can be better in myself if I go. And I do things that people are like, only you would find that. Like, I'll find a spa. And it's like, well, no, you can too. Like, it's not like you're restricted. So talking about the mind, how important it is, you know, I've been to 76 countries and I feel blessed to have been able to go to 76 countries, but maybe only half of them, maybe even more than half, I haven't really seen them. So it's great, but it's like you're just in a hotel room. You don't really know where you are sometimes. You get on the bus and it's not like anyone's complaining, but I think sometimes people often give footballers, especially the men, a really hard time because they get paid a lot of money and good luck to them. And I think anybody that was offered that money would take it. But it's kind of a very restrictive life. Like they can't go out because everybody like hounds them. Anything they do is being photographed, videoed, even if they just walk in their dog, they'll be walking the dog wrong in someone else's eyes, you know? So it's like a hard situation. Yeah. And then they go and play computer games and it's very restrictive. So I feel quite not lucky that I get to 
people recognize me, but who doesn't want to be recognized for doing something that you love? But I also don't have people that are hounding me, which is great. Sanderson, it's four. Brilliant ball in, clinical finish. England are ripping Wales apart. When did you realize the time off bit was necessary, like having a time away from the people you that you play with every day and train with? Because I know the job that I do, we all end up being around the, the industry and it's not healthy, it really isn't. And very few people kind of nurture those other friendships that they had before they got into whatever they're doing. So I'm wondering like, what, what was your defining factor, Leanne? Like, what was it? Was it, your, was it your mum reminding you, dad, somebody saying to you, don't get too caught up in that world, make sure you spend time over here. What was it? No, I think it was myself, honestly. I think it was just a natural thing that happened where we have roommates. England and when we go away so the men have actually their own rooms which actually makes a massive difference because you don't you kind of like it like and I think even now I find myself booking hotels and going staying in them and I'm like why do I love hotels so much even when I'm not going anywhere and I think it's because you're used to living out of a suitcase and you're used to kind of living in a hotel which is great but you realize you don't have really much privacy when you think about it, like one of the girls, she had she has three kids and she'd be sharing a room with someone, trying to FaceTime her kids. She's going into the toilet. We're not allowed to leave the hotel. So then you're, you're having to go outside somewhere, but they don't want you to leave. It's very stressful. But I think for me, I just know that I need my alone time, especially away from my work environment. And that's why when I'm not playing or when I'm not doing the punditry and stuff, I don't really like talking about football because sometimes people come up to me and they're like, oh, do you know, I, I don't know much about football. Oh, that's great. We can have another conversation about, about something else because I understand I have football in common with a lot of people. You know, it's like in England, but it's nice to just not have that. And sometimes I'll get like, it's really great. I get cars like to and from the studio now. It's fantastic. I feel completely blessed. But then sometimes the drivers want to talk to me about the game. Oh. I've just been on for like three hours and I'm like, and I'll talk to him. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what did you think about that penalty? And I'm like, oh God. And it's just, it's fine. But it's just a bit like, you know, you just need a bit of a break. So I think realising the balance. I think life is always about balance. And I found myself to get a bit grouchy and agitated when I'd be around people like long periods of time. Not talking about week, two weeks. I'm talking like you're away for six weeks sometimes. And you're just like, and everybody's going to go through different times, aren't they, when they're away? And I found that one thing I did find that when I was away with England is that there wasn't really a support network at the beginning. So like... You just be expected to be away from your family when you're 14 years old. And that's if you didn't, if you didn't suck it up, you, did you really want to be there? But that's actually not how it is. Do you know what I mean? It's like you might yeah. you're 14 years old in a in a dorm at Loughborough. Yes, you want to play for England, yeah. but you also miss your family. Like you you kind of a little bit like apprehensive because you've never been away from home before. And I didn't feel that. And now they have that support network there. I'm pretty sure in, in teams, but I just felt like a little bit alone sometimes because you're just 14 and you're traveling the world. It's interesting that you say that because I think in the industry that I work in as well, you're not supposed to want to ever leave. You're supposed to want to be there the latest, the longest. Oh my God, you do an award, um, say you did a premiere in the evening, you're supposed to go back to the studio, eat with your team, be gassed and excited about everything you've done and stay with them till late, get in a car and come home when you actually think, I've done my job. I want to go home now and have dinner with whoever I'm living with or my friends or yeah. family. But there is a level of, well, then that shows that you don't want it enough. And that's not actually true because that's where I think the balance comes in because when you love your job and you feel lucky to do it and it's something as a kid you dreamt of doing, and I think you and I can relate to this, it's every hour of every day you're dedicating to it. You've done it for so long that at any point... told when to stop. Yeah, because at any point that you start to think actually I'm good I've got this covered I feel like going on holiday for a week with my mates or whatever even allowing yourself to to think that's okay because I'm that doesn't take away from my talent or my passion for my work I think is is a bit of a process but do you know what though Max I will say when I've actually thought about another reason why I, I learned that about myself was moving to America 10 years ago because when I moved to America it wasn't seen as a weakness and we had more freedom. Like we'd have away games. We'd be traveling to Atlanta, um, Portland, Oregon, everywhere. And the manager would say, I remember the man, I'd be like, what are we wearing for the game tomorrow? And they were like, what do you mean what are we wearing? We can wear whatever you want. And after the game, you're able to go with your friends and family. So it's like you played your game, you've done your job and win, lose or draw, you're able to kind of like go out to dinner with people or have a life. And I think, knowing and I thought wow well, we're not going to be judged if we go for dinner like you're, you're, you're supposed to go home and cry 
<laughs> exactly. And I, I've always been used to that. I've been used to being in England where we wear polo shirts buttoned up to almost the top of your chin and walk around and everyone used to say, oh, look at those Americans. They think they're better than us. And I'm like, no, they don't. They just are comfortable. Wow, this is great. Like, And they're the number one in the world. So maybe we need to have a look. <laughs> also, do you find, I find when I talk to American entertainment people, they're not scared to say I'm good at something without feeling like it's egotistical. It's like it's confidence. It's like I'm sure of myself. Whereas here, I think we're like, don't be, don't be silly. No, it's because of this reason I'm good at It's like we can't even celebrate our own talents and achievements without looking like we're, we've got ego. When I was playing for England, I actually said this in a room because they always used to ask me for my input about living in America. And I said, the one thing I learned about Americans in the sports world is that just because I think I'm good at something doesn't mean I think you're bad. We can be great together. Doesn't mean cheesiness, it just means the truth. Like, and my teammates in America, they used to say to me, I'm so glad you're on my team. You're so good. Like, you know, and like, not every day, but, and that didn't mean they thought they were bad. Like, some of them were better than me. That's the truth. But I think in England, we're, we're almost like, what's the word? Like, programmed to believe that if someone says that they're good it's an arrogant thing well find me somebody that isn't successful that does have a little bit of arrogance you have to have it yeah but i think it's it's again and i can hear it from you i feel like when you're comfortable in what you bring and who you are you're able to celebrate other people and not feel threatened by them. And I think that's a process too. And I'm saying that just because when there's very few people that look like you doing what you're doing, somebody somewhere tells you, I know they do in that industry, there can't be too many girls with, that look like you with your skin tone, with your, the, there can only be one or two. So they, they feed the stupid narrative in your head sometimes. And some of us, we rise above it and others, not because they're mean, they just are scared and they're just like, I don't want to lose what I've got. I don't, do you know what I mean? Against people that are not like me, because I think sometimes people used to get, because I've lived in three like other countries, Spain, Italy, Cyprus, where they're very behind when it comes to women being pushed to the front. And I think, and to do with also a lot of other things when it comes to sexuality and sport and stuff like that, to be fair, they accepted me. They accepted me, but I want them to accept everybody. And I think sometimes when I played in other countries, there's also been a bit of resentment because I've been accepted. And that isn't my fault. It's just because I'm not going to go and play somewhere that they don't accept me. How does it feel to be the first sometimes? Like, you know, when they, when, if I typed in your name, there'll be like different headlines that come up. Things like, oh, the first open gay woman, da, 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 da. I mean... It's a really big deal, especially in football. You're smiling, but let's be real. How many men in the Premiership probably are gay but don't speak out about it because of the pressure of what society will say? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But I'm wondering, like, does it ever get to the point where you think, gosh... Like, I'm, I, I'm glad I spoke out and said how I, who I am. But at the same time, I don't want to be like the face of, hey, I'm the gay mixed race woman that plays internationally and is a professional footballer. Don't define me by that. I'm Leanne Sanderson. I'm smiling because I actually had this conversation when I was at Juventus with the press officer. And I said, look, I'm not doing any more interviews about being gay. 
Mm. They might as well copy and paste all the ones that they've done. I've done a lot in my career. I'm happy that I can help people, but I'm just, I want to be known as like, not Leanne the gay footballer, Leanne the footballer that happens to be gay. Now I understand it's a very big deal. I love my LGBTQ plus work I do. It's, it's something I hold very close to my heart. The amount of messages I get every day from kids, parents, emails, letters, it's amazing that I can be a role model to people. But I think it, does, it doesn't get tiring. It just gets a little bit like, I've done a lot in my career. I've won everywhere I've gone. I've won the Champions League every single time. And that isn't through luck. It's through hard work and commitment and dedication. But I sometimes think, especially when I go to other countries, um that's the first thing they want to talk about and i'm like but actually why don't we talk about all the accolades that i've done as well so that does get a little bit to me sometimes because i'm like okay great i'm happy that i was the first but the thing is i didn't become the first ever gay footballer to come out in england because i wanted a medal it just is how i am and and that's just how it is and i'm lucky again that i grew up in a family that accepted me and to be honest if they didn't then they wouldn't see me and my mum and dad know that because my mum had to choose the same situation because my great-grandma didn't like the fact my dad was black when they first got together. So my mum had to stop speaking to her family, her great-grand, who she was very, her grandmother, she was very close to for a couple of years. And then actually she realised my dad's staying around. I was born and that's how it is. So when I say that I know I wouldn't speak to him, my mum, I'm exactly like them. Do, do you understand what I mean? So it's like, I can't live my life for other people, I have to live my life for me. When you're doing your academy stuff now in America, because I, I dip in and out of all the things you're doing, I can't keep up with what your official role is. Is there an official title at the moment? Because I feel like professional footballer, uh, pundit, TV host, a social media personality, um, mentor, like, is there one particular thing if you were gonna pick? At this moment in time, probably TV personality pundit, because that's something that I really enjoy and it's something that but I also, my academy in there, so it's something that I am very hands-on with. So that's something, but it's not something, long-term coaching isn't something that I want to do. I want to have my own club. And those kids, I love them dearly and their parents. So, but um, I think, yeah, I can't, you know, I haven't officially retired from football, but I just can't see myself playing again because Why? I just feel happy in what I'm doing. I just feel happy in what I'm doing now. And I think the whole situation happened in England. When I went to Juventus, living in Italy was kind of difficult. Um, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And I just have had a couple of really not so great experiences that mentally didn't make me feel good. And now I feel in an environment that I'm protected. Whenever I go to the studio, when I go to Sky, we talk about women, you know, lifting other women up. All the presenters are great to me, whether they're male or female, everybody, the runners, the producers. It's nice to be in an environment at all the stations that I go to that people actually say to me, oh, you're actually really good. And it's not condescending, you know, it's a feeling that you get because you should respect everybody. And I just think what people realize is I have, um, what I've done in the past when it comes to standing up for what's right, I think people respect that, but they don't tell you until you're right in front of them. That's what I've learned. So I can't expect all the things that I do to get a pat on the back for. Sometimes you do want people to say, you know what, Leanne, you're amazing. And I think sometimes people think I get that a lot and I don't. You know, I get it from my mum and dad and I don't need someone to tell me how great I am 24 hours a day. But I'm saying like, I think people just think, oh, she knows she's great. Cause look at her, she's got a mohawk and she looks pretty confident, but you do need, you do need people to say, I'm really proud of you, Leanne, or you're doing great. More power to you, congratulations, because you've gone worldwide and flown the flag for British women and, and as, a, as a professional athlete. And you've also continued to reinvent yourself. And, and like you said before, I do things to challenge myself, you know, and that is an awesome way to be because that just shows that you're not scared of like being out of your comfort zone and sometimes maybe not being, when you've been the best at something or been great at something, people very rarely like to do new things that they might not be as good at. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that you do that and you see that as a challenge and you grow from it, I think is really awesome. Um, When you, like now with social media being what it is, I think when you were starting, it probably wasn't as insane. We had MySpace, all those sorts of things. Do you enjoy it? And how do you treat social media? Yeah, I actually, I have a love-hate relationship with it now, but I think the more success I've had, the more trolls you get. And I think that's just the reality of life right now, as I said before. But I prefer Instagram because I do get more people, I would say, on Twitter, it's more negative when it comes to the stuff I do. And on Instagram, it's more positive. Um, you do get the odd 
mm, here and there, but I do think for some reason, like I have people on Twitter um, tweeting my employers and they don't just tweet me, they'll at mention BBC or Sky and they'll say what you've got her on there for, we're gonna mute her, <laughs> like it's just weird, but it's funny because they'll be messaging, they'll be tweeting at like seven o'clock in the morning and I'm like, well, I'm clearly on your mind early in the morning, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I do like social media. I do like sharing my life with people, but I do think people have to realize that there are another 23 hours of the day that people have things that they do in. And I'm very big believer in sharing the good, the bad and the ugly. So when I wasn't feeling so great in 2020, I documented that. And I think it's important to do that because you then become relatable because everybody goes through different ups and downs, heartbreak, injuries, whatever it might be. And I've always been a big believer in documenting everything. Not everything, because when I was injured, I didn't need to document when I was feeling sick and stuff like that, but I did share, you're going through this injury, you're gonna have bad days, good days, it's okay to cry and stuff like that. But I do share like everything when it comes to my emotions. because I think that's important because you've seen mental health is such an, like it's a massive factor nowadays. And I think sometimes people think that everything that celebrities have is all the most amazing thing in the world, but it's not. And I think a lot of people struggle internally, celebrities do, and they don't express it outwardly because they don't think they can. Thankfully now, people are able to express how they feel and, and mental health is something that's not taboo to talk about. Yeah, well look at, I mean, this week is the anniversary of Caroline Black, one year. And you know, that in itself is a great example of what you've said, you know, outside on the surface was this bubbly, beautiful, smiley, entertaining woman on TV. But underneath that, she was vulnerable, sad, and she had, so many trolls on Twitter, like ridiculous. Um, and it does make you sad that you think, gosh, you're keeping up this facade for the world, but what about you underneath all of that? Are you okay? Because if you're not okay, at some point, the facade is gonna, it's yeah. gonna come to an end, isn't it? So um, no, I, I totally agree with that. So with, with your career, like if you think about your proudest moment, you've had so many like awesome moments, but I don't know if it's an obvious one, but when have you actually taken a minute to say, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself that I did that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think winning the quadruple with Arsenal in 2007 when we won the Champions League, winning the penalty in 2015 when we won the bronze medal with England. And I think there's moments where, like even my, having my own academy for the kids, and I'm the kind of person that I get back from the studio and I'm working on shows now that I grew up watching as a kid like a little like five-year-old Sky Sports News, I used to come in from my dad's football match covered in mud and be like, what's the, what's the score, what's the score? Like, and now I'm working on it. And every time I go to the studio and I come back, I'm like, I'm actually really proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. And I think it's good to, cause I sometimes, it's funny you should say, I sometimes don't take a moment and breathe and think, actually, let me have a glass of wine and let me, let me be, you know, enjoy this. And I'm like, I will enjoy it. And I will enjoy every moment because I think people don't see what goes on behind closed doors and how much you do have to, not reinvent yourself, but kind of like when you're not feeling good, you still have to, there were times last year I was going into the studio and I feel so blessed that I still, you know, get to go into the studio, have a job, but I would be crying on the way to the studio. And I think like, because I wasn't feeling very good, I was going for a really bad breakup, really bad heartbreak. And I go on the TV and I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, and then I get back in the car, then I'd be crying. And I think people don't really see that part. And I'm lucky that I have friends and family around me that understood where I was at. And I'm glad that I kept going because there were times where I didn't want to go to the studio because I wasn't feeling good. And luckily my mum was like, come on, Leanne, you know, my friends are come on. And because um, no one could come round, obviously because of COVID. So you haven't got people knocking on the door saying, oh, come on, Leanne, we're, we're here for you. It was more like you had to do it on, on it. But I think that's the part that people don't see. And thankfully, in the last four or five months, I started to feel a lot better in myself. And now I feel really, really good. And it feels good to go to the studio and feel like, because me, at about 50%, I'm still happier than most people. Oh my God, a thousand percent. Trust me, your smile can last for days. I'm just like, I need that smile. Like seriously, I-, I... These teeth ain't mine, Max. I just got them done, so <laughs> the smile's got me oh, Great on you. I have, when I see you on my timeline, you bring joy, to, like I, I love it, because you're not, like you're talking to different people, you're always saluting and bigging up other people, putting people on as guests or shouting other people out, but also you're not living in this world of like Photoshop and Facetune and 
don't get me wrong like all of us young women like at some point have had that pressure you I mean your body like you have this immaculate athlete's body so I have no idea how over so many years you tr- you feel about the way you look because you're constantly looked at like are you fit enough are you the right size da, 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 da. funny you should say that because I don't actually have a stereotypical athlete's body and I think in my career, like, what I mean by that is that, like, you know, I have a different type of body than most of my teammates. And I think sometimes teams teams have actually, that's been one of the biggest things of my career, I think, where coaches have said to me, well, you know, you need to lose weight. And they say it to me, like, willy-nilly, like, it doesn't really mean anything. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if I'm able to cover eight miles in a game, I don't think that means I'm out of shape. You're just looking for a reason to bench me, but you're actually coming for the jugular. Do you know what I mean? I know, like, I've always been, like, relatively, like, eight to a ten, and I used to always get told anytime I'd do TV bits, TV puts on a stone, you need to be a size six to do TVs. That sounds so ridiculous to say out loud that they somebody could say that to me, even management, but um, it does mess with your image of your body, especially, like, for us, where our bodies aren't necessarily our jobs you have to be healthy fit I just feel like that pressure would have been so immense for me because I know the pressure I've had and I I've not even really judged just by my body it's, it's this yeah. as well I was never I never felt embarrassed in front of my teammates or anything like that I always felt really confident and I love me like whatever shape size I am I just feel confident in myself I think when I got injured my body did change because I was I was out for a year and a half, so, and you have to work. And as you start to get a little bit older, I don't feel old, your body does change. But I think it's important to love ourselves because what people don't realise, I use a filter, don't we all? I love a filter sometimes, you know, when I'm on, I use a Snapchat filter and stuff like that. But the thing is, like, it doesn't mean I use a filter because I don't love me. And I think the problem is with a lot of these young kids now, it, it breaks my heart because they want to be a Kardashian. They want to be this, they want to be that. And I like the Kardashians, absolutely good luck to them. But... A lot of it is down to work, cosmetic surgery. And that's the problem. Photoshop, cosmetic surgery, and these kids are looking. I mean, you could do three hundred and six you could do squats three hundred and sixty-five days a year, but you're not gonna get a butt like Kim Kardashian without getting some work done. So it's like the kids are all going, I'm gonna squat, I'm gonna do push-ups, and I'm like, listen, it ain't, it ain't gonna work. Have the hip ratios gone out like that, to be fair. I'm just like, what type of what is going on in the world? I, I agree with you about we all have fun with filters, but like sometimes I just think, God, if I was 13 or 12 growing up now, I hope I have good parents around me because their shit yeah. would be too much for me to deal with. It's true. It's, it's just, I don't know, like when, the, when I was younger, one of the, my teammates actually got told that she needed to lose weight and she completely got really ill, like really ill, because I don't think they realise how insensitive it is to tell anybody but let alone a young woman going through puberty and I'm lucky because again like I spoke to my mum and dad about it and they were absolutely fuming that somebody had said that to me because it's not nice is it it's one thing if someone's having your best interest by saying certain things but it's not nice when someone says oh do you know what you're actually fat or you need to lose weight and I'm like I know it's wrong I really do. Aside from when you were on, like you were off for a year and a half and you naturally weren't well, so you're put on weight. When I met you, you were like so petite, great legs. All of you have great legs, but literally, like to me, it, it, it's like insane to think a professional sports person whose body looks, in, who's basically looking after their body like it's yeah. their life, being told. Da, 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 da. I should say that because I was actually being told then at times not well, not so much when I was at Chelsea it's more when I played for England but like and I look back on pictures of myself and I think I know that you were actually just trying to hurt me because I was not overweight but even stuff like that I think to be able to um, separate it and from reality to is this true or is this a mind game or whatever I mean I know that you like me work in an industry where everybody is always very afraid to call out names and sit here and, and gossip and bitch and this and that but we all know there's certain people that have probably made our jobs harder than they had to be what's been the hardest time during this awesome career that you've had that everyone just thinks wow 51 england caps she's gone to every country and played professionally chelsea arsenal you know and they don't get to see the moments that you experience before you walk out on a pitch and play brilliantly. Has there been one really testing moment, particularly that, that you had to come from and it made you stronger? Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it made me stronger necessarily, but I think the way that my England career ended, 
I think that's something that I, I, I have to live with every single day. And I honestly think I became ostracized because I told the truth and I took up for, stood up for a teammate that was also telling the truth. Then we both got, you know, the manager in the end got fired because of it. And there was all that. We don't need to go into the detail, but I was made to feel like I was an absolute liar, a villain for about a year until the truth came out. And I was never picked for England again. And I've never had any phone call from them. And I was never given any kind of advice or anything like that. So I think the way my England career ended um, is something that I've always been quite, it's always upset me a little bit because I went from being the most marketed player on the team, publicized player. And that's not because I'm saying I'm Ronaldo, it's just the facts. And then I just got completely ostracized when I um, stood up for any. And, and that's something that I think has been the hardest moment in my career because, I mean, I've had teammates on that team that have apologized to me to my face. I've had messages recently on WhatsApp from people that realized I should have done more. I don't live with that bitterness, but it's not something that I can't take back. To, you can't turn back time. And I do think that it did actually cost me my England career. Now, I can handle not being good enough. I can handle not playing. I can handle a manager not picking me. But I know that they haven't picked me based upon me standing up for any and standing up for myself. And at the end of the day, I have to be okay with that because I have integrity and I've told the truth. I think another time that was my hardest time, that particular was the hardest, but when I was injured as well. I can just, sorry, like I feel for you because I know how much it meant to you to wear that shirt and, and do it. So yeah, that, that, but again, your integrity, you cared, you, you helped others and Sometimes people and need to speak up at the time. When I watched the Anton Ferdinand documentary, I know Anton really well, I literally sat there and I cried. And I haven't cried like that in a long time about the England situation because a lot of the stuff that he went through, and I've spoken to him about this as well because we did talk sport the other week, like I felt it, it triggered me badly because he was made to feel like he was in the wrong and he was doing something wrong for telling the truth. And that is, I, I really, really resonate. Because you know when someone can say, oh, I know how you feel, genuinely, I know how he feels. And that really, really triggered me a lot that day. Um, and then I think just when I was injured, like I was injured for a year and a half. And, you know, thankfully Juventus signed me when I was injured because when you're injured, my dad always used to say, you're just a commodity that's replaceable because of the lack of loyalty that these clubs have shown. And then when I got injured, nobody wanted to know me. It was like horrible. Like when I say nobody, I have friends and family that would check in on me. But when you're injured, you kind of just get pushed to the side your contract doesn't get renewed. So I'll always be grateful for Juventus signing me when I was injured because they rehabilitated my knee and then I scored on my first game back, which was amazing. So, yeah, there's been a couple of bumps in the road, but I can't live with that bitterness. I just try to be better than I ever have been before and, and live to not make people feel the way I felt. Thank you for sharing it. It's, it's really good and really honest of you and really important because I think when we're all riding a wave, and everyone around you said earlier about people getting into clubs, you know, VIP, all that, been there, know what that feels like as well. It's really, it, it is really interesting when you go through like the tougher times in life, who is standing around you, who is there for you, but also you for yourself. Because if you really want to do something like the jobs that we're all doing, which are like the few and far between ones, I think it takes a lot of drive and passion to consistently keep doing something that isn't always easy. You know, and, and there people can say to you, oh, you know what, you've done a really, you've had an incredible career. You could, da, 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 da. why don't you do? And it's like, well, no, I really love this. I'm going to find a way for me to be a part of something I love. And I'm just going to reinvent what I'm doing and perhaps change the people around me. Because it's true, you know, the people that you're closest to can totally either empower you or limit you and break you down. Yeah, I mean, or there can be people close to you that really don't step up. And that can happen as well. Just because you're, you know, friends with people for 20 years or people are part of your family, it doesn't mean they're always going to do what you would want them to do. So, and that's a lesson you have to learn. But like I said, I don't live with the bitterness or or carry a chip on my shoulder. I just try to treat people with respect and love and care. And, and that's all I can be. The football game now, I feel like women are definitely respected more, but I still feel like you guys still don't get paid or or given the same amount of accolades or respect, uh, respect as the guys. How do you feel about it, like where the game is now and what your hopes are for the future? Yeah, I think not to keep going on about my injury, but when I was injured, I think it made me reassess my life because you go through a phase where you're like, I've been giving my life to this sport and I really don't have anything to show for it financially. Like I had really good savings because we made bonuses during the World Cup and stuff like that, but I didn't make money for a year and a half. And then you think to yourself, hold on a minute here, like I need to reassess this. 
And then that's almost one of the reasons why I'm like, do you know what? I don't want to struggle anymore. When I say struggle, I've been very lucky. I've been sponsored. I was sponsored by Nike for like 15 years, sponsored by Puma. I think I've had a really, really, I said I have a millionaire's lifestyle and I'm not a millionaire, right? I get to travel the world, um, but I've literally worked hard for every single thing that I've got. And I think women, it has progressed. It definitely has. I mean, the girls can be full time now. Some people from 20, 30 years ago that were major trailblazers even before me that played for England, they didn't even have a kit. They didn't even have transportation. These girls now are getting nice cars to St. George's Park and absolutely, I've been there. I've reaped those rewards and I can't thank the people for being the trailblazers before. But I do think that it's a, it's a very sorry time that it's not all about money, but I think when you go back to it, you have to think, how am I going to provide for my family? And that's why you see so many women retiring such a young age because they can't financially do it anymore, especially in America. You see people retiring in like 23, come out of college, have one year in the league, and they're like, actually, I can't do this. And I think for me, I finally feel the most financially secure I've ever been in my life since I've stopped playing football and since I started doing TV, radio, and punditry work. So, and I'm able to kind of like save up have enough money to buy a house, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, what am I doing? So why would I go back to play football? And not that it's all about money, but I'm 33 now. You know, I want to have a family. I want to have a life. I want to have nice things. And I do have nice things, but you could make a good amount of money, better than it ever was before. But you're talking the highest player in probably the women's league in England. A guy earns that in probably about three days. I'm talking for a yearly salary for a female player. Um, a guy could earn that in a few days and that's considered a good salary in the women's game. So there is still a long way to go, but I just don't see how I can be doing punditry work and getting paid more money than I can for playing for my country and playing for a top club. But you being in that position, being a pundit, and I think being a face of stuff, I think it's going to probably change it quicker than you just kicking a ball. And no, that's not me limiting the fact that that skill is in, but of course it is, but I think your voice and the power that you exude and, and the people that are watching, the amount of people, eyes and ears that are on you, you probably are going to make more change than you probably could have if you just focused on being a footballer. Yeah, it's good to have that platform because I think when people know you're a professional footballer, they automatically be like, oh my God, you know, you get that instant credibility. But I, I completely agree with you. Okay, I want to do something a little bit light with you. Um, just the first kind of couple of words that come to your mind. Finish this line. I feel happiest when? I'm on a beach in the sun. Yeah. In the sun, anywhere in the sun, actually. It doesn't need to be on a beach, anywhere in the sun. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. One tune that always puts you in the right mood to train, to work out, to go for a jog, anything. Summer, okay, Drake, Summer 16. Oh my God, look at you, Drake fan. <laughs> A movie that you could watch over and over again. Ah, oh, easy, Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman or The Bodyguard. Oh my God, you are such a romantic. Look at you. I am a romantic. Yes, like those are the ultimate romantic films. Okay, if you could pick anyone to play you in a movie about your life, who would you want? I know that's such a tough one when you're being asked on the spot, but... Well, I'm going to go with... That's like Harry Berry or something. Bear in mind, they have yeah. No, it's true. I want to look like Halle Berry when I'm 51. <laughs> Two or three different people. But Leanne, right now, who would be you right now? Well, I love Beyonce. Beyonce is my favourite, but I'm not sure she'd even be able to play me being a footballer. But I'd have to go with somebody like... I like Paula Patton. Oh, I love that idea. I love it. Yeah. I love that you're... Re like, you literally are like Halle Berry, Beyonce. You made me laugh. I love it. Okay, one motto that you live by. Always be true to who you are. That's the tattoo that I have here. Nice. My arm, my right arm, because it's my, to be fair, it's my favourite Jesse J song, Who You Are. Um, and I love Jesse J. And then um, I love the lyrics because I always be true to who I am. I love that you're a proper little music fan, aren't you? I love music. You know, it's like my favourite, like other than... I love concerts. That's one thing I really miss. I've been to see Beyonce like 12 times. It's amazing. All over the world. Drake, I love concerts, music. Oh, I love it. Are you, are you cushy, top seat, or are you like literally in there with the real fans, the beehive screaming? No. I can, I, I get nice tickets, but then I always end up going like where I want to go. So I don't like being in behind a glass window. I'm like, I want to hear the music. 
And funnily enough, when I was at the Kanye concert in Toronto, um, I went down from the VIP and I went down to the stage because it was it was in the edge. You know, when you had that floating stage, and Kim Kardashian was down there as well. So <laughs> if it's all right for Kim, it's all right for me. And that was like down there, and I love it. I love being amongst it. Um, I just love being, and I feel so motivated after a concert. Absolutely, like I went to the Sia concert in like two years ago, year and a half ago. Felt motivated. Like I just any music, any music, even J Cole. Like I know he's obviously a fantastic artist, yeah. but I, my best friend loves him, and I wasn't unbelievably into. And after the concert, I was like game over. Like unbelievable. Listen, I saw him at the uh, O2 and I saw him in little venues yeah. in London. And every time I when see, he's in the yeah. Too. But do you know what I love about him? Less is more on stage. His power. He still has this presence gets his message across and you just feel like, oh, you touched me. I felt an emotion. Uh, I don't know how Beyonce dances, sings in heels and does all the stuff she does, but... I cry every time I go to Beyonce. I don't, I gave myself this challenge, but I'm not taking videos when I'm at the concert because I'm like, why am I taking videos while I'm here? I'm not enjoying, I'm here and I could just look at it back on the thing. So now when I go to the concert, I'm just hyped. I'm like jumping, dancing, like, and I enjoy it more. I love it. That's you're the right person to go out to with um to go to a concert with. Have fun. I'm saying I don't take any videos. Yeah, and do you know what else I like about you? You're you're like a fan as well. Like you literally still get gassed about meeting people. It's the cutest thing ever. Like I'll be like, although your obsession with Alex Ferguson and Wayne Rooney really needs to chill because that is too much. <laughs> like you meet so many amazing. Yeah, you meet so many amazing people. And this is why I know you're a football fan through and through. Those two! Oh my God. It's like Beyonce and Jay-Z. The, the, the happiness and the fangirl face. They, I mean, have you, when you meet people like that you love, like Wayne Rooney and Sir Alex, don't you ever think, God, they say never meet your heroes, they might be assholes. Don't ever meet your heroes, they do say that, don't they? But to be honest, like Wayne Rooney became a really good friend of mine during my injury because he reached out to me um, and that's how, and he gets me tickets for the games. Honestly, it was fantastic. Like, cause I got this message cause he knew I'm a Man United fan and he just said, heard you're injured. It was the most surreal experience. Like on my WhatsApp, I was thinking this can't be real. And I'm like, and I was literally not feeling good because I was injured in a leg brace and like literally invited me and my family to the game. It was unreal. Hallucinating. Unreal. My medication, so, what's going on? No, but to be fair, my mum and my best friend could not believe it because we were outside the changing room, like in the tunnel. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Like, honestly, it was amazing. But Sir Alex Ferguson, yeah. probably, I've met Ronaldo, I've met Messi, but Sir Alex Ferguson was the best person for me, like, Aww. I was just blown away. And he had, we actually spoke for quite a while, which was great. And I'm I'm not one of those people that can't speak. So it's like, I held my own, but Charlie Ferguson is Manchester United. You know, players come and go, but this guy is on a different level. And I actually bumped into him, believe it or not, in New York on Fifth Avenue about eight months ago. And I was like, no way. You no, so but I didn't take a picture of him. I spoke to him, oh. but I'm like, this couldn't be real. What are the what are the charges? So Alex Ferguson's walking down Fifth Avenue, like called all my Man United friends. I'm like, you're not gonna believe this. So Alex Ferguson, he's outside Puma on Fifth Avenue. I can't believe it. But you know what? Both times the pictures I've seen of you with with both of them on your Instagram, you're very lucky. Good pictures. The worst thing that could have happened is you look bad in them pictures. You'd be like, <laughs> when I met Pep Guardiola, it was on a delayed flash. So he's like this, and I'm like this. <laughs> So he said, and I said, I think it's because I support Man United, he turned his head, but he was great as well. But yeah, it would be annoying if you meet people and they, and the camera don't work. Yeah, exactly, all, all their assholes. Okay, the last thing you binge watched? Oh, binge watch. You know what? I absolutely love, most, my, most people might not like Blue Bloods, and it's a crime show in America. It's a bit like CSI and Law and Order, but I, Donnie Wahlberg's in it, okay. and, um, and, I, and they were filming next to me in New York. And my mom loved it. She kept telling me, you've got to watch Bluebird. And then when I saw them filming next to me, I thought, I felt like a connection to it. And now I'm obsessed with it. So I love Scandal as well. Scandal's my show, but it's obviously finished now. Listen, Leanne, um, thank you so much for taking time out. I'm so glad that we caught up. People can follow you, I know, on Instagram. Best place to connect with you. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, if they're going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, you guys, be nice. Um, love her. Leanne Sanderson, this week's podcast guest. Thank you so much for hanging. To connect with Leanne, um, head over to the show notes. Um, there's details on how you can follow her over on her Instagram and Twitter. She's so ambitious, but she's so lovely. And I feel like she has the potential to do so many awesome things. And she's already achieved so much. I felt so inspired after talking to her. Her energy is so infectious. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Subscribe. Um, your support means everything. Catch up on the podcast you've missed. Next week, I have another incredible guest coming your way. Take care, stay safe, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.